Not the footy show. show. They can do that, they're home, the Rabbitohs. Craigfield, not happy with one point, busts them and goes up the centre, looking for more. Bob McCarthy, an anxious rabbit on the sideline. They've got it, I think. 79-33, says the clock. And they're 29 out from their own line. And there's the siren. The siren is there. And the rabbits have won a rugby league competition for the first time in 13 years, in first grade. The Broncos disappointed, but they'll be the first to dip their lid and say well done to this young South Sydney side. The people from down on the border have seen a magnificent clash. One point the difference, 27-26 to the Rabbits. Footy tab should play a fortune. G'day everybody, welcome to Not The Footy Show, episode 163. It is a very special episode. Episode? Lepisode? Which are, which one? Twin Cocksmith? What are we doing these days? Lepisodes. Lepisodes. Uh, but we have a fantastic guest in the form of former South Sydney coach Ken Shine. Welcome, Ken. Thanks very much for the invitation, guys. Uh, it's very good to have you. Now, you've come highly recommended from uh, One Happy Clown 23, who people remember from last episode, tried his best to give us a positive iTunes review. Now, you know Happy Clown 23. What's your, what's your take on him? Happy Clown 23. No, you got me. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly yeah. what we wanted to talk about. Yeah. The peptide the, man. Uh, the peptide man, Brendan Clark, who set this up. Uh, just everyone forgets who he is. Yeah. We really want to talk about um, not only yourself and, and what you did with South Sydney in the 1990s, but really rugby league in the 1990s. That's the, yeah. that's the basis of this show. Uh, yeah. And we just really thank you for, for joining us on our little podcast here. Yeah, pleasure. Uh, Cocksmith, uh, you started shooting, I think, in 1994. Is that correct? Full-time in 94, as discussed last night, Warwick. <laughs> uh, a little bit in 92, 93, but yeah, full-time in 94. Now, that was the first year that uh, Ken came into uh, first grade in the NR uh, New South Wales Rugby League back then, not the was, NRL, correct. South Sydney. Uh, he was co-coach alongside Bob McCarthy, and he ended up coaching through 95, 96, and 97. Uh, you went through a really tough period, I guess, post-Souths uh, having their last big season in, in 1989. And then you mentioned to me before we came on air, you came on board in actually 94. You weren't actually involved before then. Yeah, that's right. 90, I was um, just a quick background. Um, I started my coaching in Newcastle, did yep. five years of first grade side there. Then went to France, had 12 months there. Came back to, uh, to Sydney, run into John Money, who offered me a job at Parramatta. I started there, assistant to Bob Arroyo with the 21s. What year was that? Uh, 1988. Okay. Yeah, so 88, then 89, John offered me the job 21s, 89, 90. I then uh, was lucky enough to get on board with Alan Jones as his assistant at Balmain, three years. And then 1994, we went to South and then he dropped out after about, which was his intention once we got started, he was going to drop out. So Yeah, we'll explore obviously that whole 1994 yeah. season. I think that's the little key for us in this episode, everybody, is to, to go through those four key years where yeah. uh, Ken was at South and also talk about the things that were happening around rugby yeah. league in, in that time. And I'm sure, Cocksmith, you'll have a few questions. I've got lots of questions. So many questions. Uh, we'll start the full interview after the break and not the footy show. Let's uh, get stuck into rugby league in the 1990s. We've got Ken Shine alongside myself, Warwick Nicholson, and the cocksmith, Mr. Rob Cox. People had complained I hadn't done his intro properly okay. last episode. Ken, just so you know. Thanks, mate. Especially Rob, he'd complained. He, he, wasn't, sure. he wasn't happy about the short cocks. Fair enough. Uh, now, 1994, you, you arrive uh, in, in, at South Sydney after just say you'd, you'd coached yes. with a bit of Alan, Alan Jones and John Maney before that. Yep, that's uh, correct. 
I got a lot of questions out of that because that's news to me. I, yeah. I think I sort of knew that you did some assistant coaching before then, but I wasn't 100% sure. No, that's and, and Google had not been kind to me. And uh, I just really wanted to ask you quickly before we get into South, what's it like being an assistant coach to Alan Jones? Uh, it was very demanding, but very rewarding. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't seem like he leaves anything to no, chance. No, no, no. Uh, especially when I had a job at the same time. I didn't go, didn't go um, full-time till 1994. So it was uh, – I never knew him from a bar of soap. I wrote him a letter while I was at Parramatta. Yep. Never heard back for six weeks or so. I thought, oh, no, he's too busy for me. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, I got a call from his secretary who said, Alan, would like you to come and see him. So I went over and saw him. It wasn't for, hadn't been with him five minutes. And we had glasses on the table doing moves and plays and all that. He said, come back tomorrow. I'll get a couple of the boys, Blocker, so-and-so and so-and-so. Come and uh, have a chat to you. Did that the next day. All's good, he said, you're on. And that's how it started. <laughs> so it was, um, no, great experience. Really, really great experience. That's a bit like how you got this job, Cocksmith. You just kept pestering with I just came over to your place and played with some glasses. And next yeah. thing you know. Tell you what, we are doing that next episode. Is there yeah. any glasses here now? We'll set, there's a few <laughs> glasses over here, everybody. We're at a... Uh, actually, we're at East Leagues Club. Uh, thanks to BC again for setting us up. Absolutely, yeah. um, love, love being at East Leagues Club. It's fantastic. Rob is just in his <laughs> element. Uh, but yeah, it was. It's interesting that you mentioned that's sort of even how it worked. Yeah. In the early nineties, I mean, we're so different now. It's oh yeah. It's a really strange way of, uh, of getting yeah. involved in league. You would have had to have sat in front of the board, you know, Marina Go and Justin Pascoe now to get to even near mm. the coach. I would. I would suggest yeah um, who knows yeah. Ivan might have a different way well fortunately fortunately they've ended up I think with with you know with Ivan clearing I think you know he'll be good he's kind of fallen the lap a little bit hasn't he yeah. I think do you think that's uh, just interesting we're obviously talking about 1990s but quickly on that do you think that is the was the big catalyst to why they let Jason Taylor go was because they wanted the opportunity to get Ivan in yeah for sure but they just left it late they should have done it late last year after what Bang. went on between Ian and Robbie yeah exactly right they you should know, have you, you can't have you, you can't have both ends, you know. The, the left hand didn't know what the right hand was doing last year. Exactly right. And once they decided to make a decision, whether it be Marina Go or whoever, uh, mm. just make the decision and do it. It was a PR nightmare, wasn't it, what they yeah. did? Well, yeah. Well, and the thing is, you know, everyone everyone knows a bit about fo- Every coach knows something about football. For sure. It's not the football that is the problem. It's how you handle the people. Yeah. That's the problem. And obviously Jason had some problems with Robbie now. Ivan Cleary, you know, he's been tremendous. Both places he's been, the Warriors and Penrith, and now yep. look at him, he's had one game. And you know, and those things happen, you know. They don't happen by luck. They happen by someone's done something right. Well, speaking of doing something right, let's talk about 1994 because yep. that was really South Sydney's – was their best year uh, in a long period. Yeah. Um, 89, obviously, they, they win the minor premiership. Yep. They get bounced in, in consecutive games. Just um, looking at, once again, the, the fantastic website, Rugby League Project, and the players that they lost, and I'd say you were at Parramatta at that stage when yes. they won the, yep. that title. From the space of um, 1989 uh, through to when you took over in 94, just some of the names that they, they had go. Uh, they lost Les, David, Les Davidson, uh, Mark Carroll, um, Phil Blake, uh, Jason Williams. Um, who else we got here? Uh, Jim Sedaris. Uh, who's another player? Peter Johnston, the front rower. Um, they lost a, a bunch of, I guess, quality footballers. Hmm. When you came in in 94, how involved were you in the recruiting process heading into 94? Did you sort of come in early no, or late? What was the situation for you? I was 100% with, with Alan and Bob, yeah, and making recommendations because we did get pick up a couple of players from Parramatta where, that I'd coached in under 20s. Who were they? Jason Bell, David Penner. Yep. Um, and, that, you know, that I wanted them big time because I knew them 
pretty well in ins and outs of their play really well. Yep. And we were looking forward to them big time. But probably our, you know, we had the locals that were juniors like Tricky and Fieldsy who couldn't stand each other. But when they went out on the field, they played. They, they, played. they, they gave their guts, you yep. know, for all. And they helped each other on the field. When they got off the field, they went their separate ways. So how do you how do you manage that relationship through preseason? By talking to them, yeah, constantly talking to them, pull them together, and say, okay, I'd sit between them. You two, I'd give them the truth. You two don't like each other, but for the beauty of the club, you know, you've got to put you put that in the background. And that's what they were very good at doing that because they they were on the verge of, you know, their careers as well. They're only young, yep, and but they could both play. And they they would do it together. No, absolutely. the The question, I guess, out of that preseason, uh, as we said, Bob McCarthy, he he only had he did three years at the Giants yeah. when they first came into the comp, and then he comes to South. Who was there first, you or him? Uh, well, I think we pretty well came at the same time. Once Al- Terry Parker spoke to Alan about Alan coming on board. Yep. And once Alan started, you know, he obviously wanted me, and then he spoke with Bob. I wasn't privy to those discussions, um, but. We started and, you know, I, I initially thought that I would probably, which I was happy to do, do reserve grade. Yep. But Alan didn't want that. He wanted both of us looking after the team. So that's how that started. So what was the first conversation, I guess, to work out exactly what you were going to be doing between the two of you? Well, just um, one of us did a bit of work on defence and the other one did a bit of work on attack. But we sort of bounced off each other and I was fine with it. You know, there was no problems. Yeah. That sounds very interesting. As a as that was it a similar situation to what you did with Alan, I guess is what I'm. Yeah, um, pretty well. Yeah, um, I, he he loved to play with the football, run the ball, Janji. That was what he loved. So I was left with the, the role of defensively working out the situation, the way we're going to play in defence. And there's a lot of work in that stack of work. So I was happy to do that anyway. Yeah, absolutely. No, I was. I was I was uh, interested in, um, you know, on a day-to-day thing with you and Bob. Um, would you have, would you have d- more have done the defence, or would Bob have done the defence, or would you? No, he was happy for me to, to, to do that. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. No, he was he was pretty cool with everything. Actually, okay. you know, I was quite surprised when when the thing when he stopped. Yeah, okay. I didn't expect that. That caught me right off guard. And when he he stopped because he was sick, is that correct? Well, that's they said he had a crook hip, but I don't know about that. I, right. I never asked him. I. Maybe I just didn't get involved, left that between him and Jonesy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I was just happy to keep going. I was wrapped to get the opportunity and, sure. you know, I just wanted to work at it. Yeah, mm. absolutely. The, the, you had success, though, pretty much straight off the bat. With well, the we, we had a pretty good side to start with. Well, do you want to take us through, I guess, some of the core players you had in that side? Yeah, well, we ended up with Mark McGaw, who was an international. Had um, and, and the guy that was really, really good for us was Dean Schifolidi, who came from, yep. you know, him and from Illawarra. Yeah, he's a great player. Pincinelli, the, he was super. He was just outstanding, mm. fantastic player. But on top of that, we had Fieldsy Trindle, uh, Jason Bell, David Penner, Paul Quinn, Jeremy Doniger, um, Duncan McRae, who ended up going on and playing rugby for yeah, New South Wales. Wales yeah. yeah, so he was good. Shane Wilson. Uh, Jason Sinclair, I think I might have mentioned him. Yep. Paul Miller was an outstanding wing three-quarter. Um, was a bit lazy, but was really well, good. He's got 14 tries that first oh, year. Him and Fieldsy worked together really well. They That's were, not they bad. Were Can you take us through, I guess, how you approach the two-east challenge? Because you ultimately end up winning that against Brisbane in the final. Yeah. And that was Albury, Cocksmith. I gave you the, the, the dud information. I said it was Broken Hill. So no, it was, it was no, before, There I were think. some games out in Burke and Cobar and stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. I looked at the footage and I couldn't see you. 
I was there, because, and, so. and the reason I know I was there is because the next, the very next day, I believe it was a Friday night, the final. Um, was. The very next day, I went to Winton to shoot V8 supercars. So anyway. I remember the, li- the life and times of Cocksmith. I tell you, mm-hmm. there's an interview we're, in that. It's funny yeah. that had been done before. We'll talk about that later. Oh, yeah. Stupid recordings. Um, quickly on that, but you, you got through. How did how, how did that? Where what was the first game? I guess of the Tui's Challenge for you guys. Can you take us through? Yeah, sort of had, game by game. We had uh, so the final was the Broncos comeback. We had, um, I think we beat the Tigers in Narendra, and I think we then beat uh, somebody in Canada. Who was that? Can't remember who we played there. And there was four four games. I can't remember the first two, but the second there was Canada, and then the finals in Albury. Yep. Against the Broncos. Now, according yeah. to. Rugby League project again. Uh, got to the final, you uh, took on, you beat St George at Narendra. That's it, St George at Narendra, yeah. Then you beat uh, South Sydney at Kitchener Park, which is, I uh, beat Balmain, Be- sorry. Balmain at Kitchener, Canada. Canada, and then yeah. you played at uh, Lavington Sports Ground. That's uh, right, Aubrey. That's uh, right. Brisbane 27 26. Six, yeah. The, I, I saw it on YouTube last night, and how good is YouTube dead set for the archive of Rugby League, effectively? <laughs> yeah, right, okay. Um, and the reaction of the players and indeed the coaching staff was you were oh, pretty enormous. pumped about that performance. Enormous, enormous. It was a wonderful night. Because Brisbane Fantastic. had not lost a no. major game Well, for I think a Bennett of years. made a comment that um, someone asked him, one of the journos asked him, you know, what do you think of that? He just said, commented that um, South played like the Broncos. That's a pretty so, fantastic performance. Um, it was. What kind of springboard did that have for, for the 94 season? Well, it kicked us off really well to start, albeit... Um, we, we our depth wasn't great, and when we got to the, uh, what if Bob did the first three? We did the first three games. Three first we three were. games. I did, uh, and then the next six or seven, I think we uh, had five wins in a draw or six Actually, wins you did in a draw. Than that. You yeah. drew with Illawarra in round four, the first game Which you we took over. Won. I can see now. Oh, I can see it as plain as day. Yep. Mark McGaw, um Tyron Smith on the left hand side, going for the line, and he had Mark McGaw on unmarked if he gives him the ball we score in the corner and we, we win that game too but but that's life for, for coaches <laughs> and you'd lost the first three matches you'd got yeah bob, by, and then bob that's right yeah because joey johns had pulled you apart in the first game yeah um quickly on that we got square with him one one game <laughs> later on up in newcastle we beat him got, what, what, would, what was your take on watching him i guess that the first time you'd seen him play oh no 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 i've got a background i know he's i played football against his father okay I knew his, I knew Gary, John's, Gary, Gary, yeah, yeah. I know Gary really well, and I know Maddie, and, and I know and knew Andrew well as well, because there's a common denominator in all that. There's a guy that uh, who's a really, really good mate of mine who he he worked with the with uh, the Knights. A guy called Alan Bell. Have you ever heard of him? No, I haven't. Oh, he's a genius freak. You give him videos to sit and watch him do it. I used to, I'm an electrician by trade yep. originally. I used to go up to his place at Lemon Tree Passage, and we'd take videos. We'd do a bit of work. Then we'd have a few beers and watch video, 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 and he he pretty well made the Johns boys what they were. Interesting. If you walked in here now, you'd think this guy doesn't know anything about football. He was overweight, short, but what he knew about fo- what he didn't know about yeah. football is not worth knowing. Did did he work closely with the Johns brothers? Yeah. Oh, so he was part of the Knights. Right. Okay. So he, yeah, he was when like, they first started. He was yeah. like the the heart. You know, he started a, with Warren Ryan way back in 1973. Okay. When, when Warren Ryan, I think he coached the under 23s. Was it? I think it was 1970. It was, it was about there. Right. Well, Alan worked in customs, and he, he and Warren Ryan became friends. Yep. And that's what. And then Belly went to Newcastle, and right. that's where I met him in Newcastle. 
So they're that terrific by Johns. It wasn't a shock then to you. Oh no 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 not at all, mate. They, he had he had the talent right. From, his father was a good player, was a tough player, but the two boys had the talent right from day one. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever try and get him at Souths? Yeah, no, I tried to get him to Parramatta. Okay. Matthew, I organised a trial for Matthew one day at um, Parramatta Stadium. Yep. But um, oh, for for reasons I'm I'm not sure. But Mick Cronin knocked him back. Oof. Mick Cronin was wow. the coach then. So Parramatta fans, what we're revealing is basically you could have had Matthew, which means you probably could have got Andrew. Yeah. Well, it, on the day it was it was fair enough. I mean, he was no Mick said you know better than what we've got, which is fair enough. So he, he you know. That, that's the way it went. Wow. He was the boss. You know, I, I remember speaking to Matthew once um, on a bus ride from from a ground in Burke to Burke Airport. And um, I said to Matthew, I said, what, what was Joey like as a junior, like as a kid? Was he a, was he always a, a prodigy? He said, no, not really. He said he he, he was okay. He said, yeah. but he wasn't great until he got to no. kind of mid-teens. You know, okay. he wasn't a, a, a very good picked, player. Until he got picked, once he got picked in first grade, yeah, he played. He, he flogged us one one day. In. Now Andrew Johns sights a little hole himself. He's close. Right. He reaches out. That's a try to Andrew Johns. Root strength from the little halfback, and that's a good reward for a great game in his debut match for the Newcastle Knights in first grade. Andrew Johns scores the try, and that should wrap it up for the night. Big tackle by McCrae, but by the, doesn't he unload the ball yeah. well when yeah. he's in? Oh. The, here's a chance for the Newcastle Knights. Toe forward by Andrew Johns. Can he score his second? Yes. yes. Great try, Andrew Johns. GU blokes are going to have a tough job with a Just Jeans Man of the Match award. He scores his second try of the afternoon. He's kicked seven from seven and a field goal. Andrew Johns, what a debut match for the Newcastle Knights. Well. Jolly on the spot here. Look at this. I think it's kicked through originally. Is it by Bradley Gott? No. No, young Andrew's kicked it through. And he's gone toe-to-toe. Is that Craig Field on his left-hand shoulder? Yeah, I think it is. Yep. And he scored. It's a good try. And as you say, all the points that he scored, he's had a very fine match. Yeah, Here it is ball. again. Wide ball there from Craig Field. Just, you know, that's the luck that the South have had today. Been forced upon. Brad Godden was happy to pounce on it, but Andrew John said, no way, son, I'm going to toe this through. And I really think that's possibly served the, uh, that great Just James Award for Andrew. That's, that really is... Uh, it was his first game in first grade. Yeah, that was the one. That was that first round yeah. one in 94. Yeah, he was. But then we got square later because he, he loved to throw long passes and Paul yeah. Miller got him with a couple of intercepts. Yeah, that was at Marathon. You won that game 28-14. Yeah. We want the ball on the left. It comes across for Andrew Johns. A floating pass intercepted. And away goes Gibson. Gibson has got another 40 metres to run, but he's going to score. And the day of intercepts. The day of intercepts. Climaxes for South Sydney. Really clinching this game with that converted try. 28 points to 14. Well, right. Just before you go anywhere else with this, yeah. Gary Johns, yeah. who I understand Reg Reagan is um, is based upon, Matt jo- Matty Johns' famous uh, character. Is that a fair comment? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or is that just a bit of... No, uh, I think it's a bit unfair to Gary. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, I... Oh, my background, hey? Okay, I started with the Newtown Jets in the under-18s in the mid-70s and uh, until I was sacked for someone pulled out of the birth certificate and I was actually 31 at the time, so uh, I left there and went to the rest of some of those magpies where I was uh, sacked after a year for allegedly being drunk at half-time. I uh, left there, went to South Sydney Rabbitohs, had a great time there until I was uh, again sacked for, again, allegedly 
refusing to put my pants on after half time. <laughs> I'm not bitter at all, you know, I'm still involved with rugby league. I'm, I'm, I'm a consultant to uh, two rugby league clubs at the moment, the board of the uh, Adelaide Rams and also the South Queensland Crushers. So uh, it's great to still be involved with the game. Give them a little bit back. Gary was just a Cessnock legend, you know, he right, was yeah. tough and yeah. I played for Maitland, which yep. we were all. Oh, yeah. Or was opposite. At the pumpkin pickers? Yeah, that's us. That's one of the greatest. What players. position were you, Ken? Fullback. Oh, I played a bit of half and five over, but mainly fullback. Right. right. Um, and what was Gary? Gary was a second rower. Oh, okay. All he ever wanted to do was knock my head off. Was he a little second rower like a Gilmeister oh, or a Folks? Or yeah, he... similar to Gilmeister. That, that's a fair, yeah. fair comparison. Yeah, but oh, tough as. So that's right. where Joey got his tackling from. Oh, yeah. Big yeah. time. What happened to Matthew? That's, Big. The, that's the question. Yeah. Oh, mate, they're, they're both tough. No, Matthew, both Matthew, Matthew, was, tough uh, yeah, he's, he's Matthew was here. He, yeah. he pointed him where to go and, and Andrew Andrew carried out what he said. Absolutely. And, and very well. Funny, we'll go back to, to South Sydney uh, quickly. So yep. Illawarra, steal a point from you. Then you beat Western Suburbs at the SFS, 28 yep. points to eight. Yep. You get beaten by Manly, who were a pretty formidable side that True. year. Yeah. Uh, that was a Brookvale. And then you went on a stretch of seven straight wins. That's right. What are your memories of those seven wins? Oh, just um, good preparation and, and um, the guys were on a roll, you know, stemming from the initial, um, what we call it, Challenge Cup victory. Yep. And then they sort of had a bit of a letdown and then came back. And then, as has always happened, look at Ivan Cleary. As soon as the coach, there's a change in coaching in clubs, invariably the players lift. What's your thought? What, what is that? What, what, is it trying to impress the coach? Is it, yes, I think it really is. It's it's something like, uh, gee, I'm not sure what he's like yet. I better have a go. Now that's probably unfair to the players, but I think subconsciously that's what they do. Yeah, you know that they really dig in and have a, have a go. You knocked over Cronulla, Balmain, Parramatta, Gold Coast, St George, and East, and then Penrith in that stretch. Yeah, to get into fifth spot uh, halfway through the comp. What were your what were your thoughts entering that second half of that season? I think from memory we we had. Quite a few injuries. And he lost Dean after round nine. Yeah, which I'm assuming was was massive. Yeah, massive. He was he was everything to us. As yeah. I think today, it's even more so in today's game. They talk about the spine one six seven nine, but I think the number nine is more important for everyone. If you've got a quality one, obviously. If you've got yeah, like yeah. if you've got a Cameron Smith or a Peter Wallace, I think Peter Wallace does for Penrith what Cameron Smith does for Melbourne. There you go. Slow takes his time. You think, what are you doing? Get some pace, but nah. Mm. They don't go overboard. They just take their time, and they invariably go the right direction. So, and you end up putting Duncan McRae into the hooking spot. Yeah, uh, that worked obviously. That worked. Duncan was a good player. Duncan was smart. He knew where he was going on the football field. Yeah, but I think eventually he did. The, he made the right move. He was always going to do well at rugby because okay. I think he might have done a bit of that at school. I'm not sure now from memory, but but he was a smart player. Yep. And he, Tricky, and and Fieldsy together, they all came through the South Juniors. They were, they were really, really good players, yeah. Now, uh, round 14, Brisbane get revenge. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us about that day? Was that, was that something personally? I think, from, I think, from the Brisbane well, boys? from what we just spoke about, by not having Skiff there, um, I think we were, we were set up to be beaten big time. We, we just didn't have the depth or the power or that to, to go that extra yard, you know. So Do you think that was the, the loss that knocked the wind out of your sails? Probably, the yeah, yeah. Definitely. You ended up only with uh, that win against Newcastle, I think. It says in uh, round 16. And then yeah. the rest of the, the year, you, you dropped every single match. That's and right. ended up losing 42-0 to Cronulla in the last game to finish ninth. Was that the year of all the years you were there at South? That was the year that you sort of missed that chance? If it had yeah, been the top eight, right. you think you would have we, been? We had to make a bird of that because, we, in hindsight, we didn't know what was coming with Super League. But once it came, that you know just disintegrated us in terms of 
players leaving and yeah. But we'll we, get into Super League in, uh, after the break you know, yeah. on the footy show. That's 1994 in a, in a nutshell. Cogsmith, yeah. is there anything further you want to ask about 94? Uh, I, just a quick question that comes to mind, Ken. Um, I noticed, I, I looked at the big leagues the other night or, or through <coughs> Rugby League Project. Um, I noticed uh, that you had McGore on the wing a lot. Um, was there something that you saw in him better as a winger than a yeah. centre? Yeah, he, he wasn't... Um, Mark wasn't a great thinker on the field, but when he, like Sean Kenny Dowell, those big uh-huh. guys like that, yeah. that just loved to run the football, uh-huh. well, Mark was good, albeit he did play a lot of centre with Andrew Edding as in early in his career. Yeah, they used to play side by side, didn't they? Back in that, they Well, yeah, they play right. left and right, the same yeah. as everyone does now. Okay. But They seem to join up quite a lot, though. They all yeah, well, that's right. There's nothing wrong with that. And that yeah. was probably to do with their coach at the time as well. Yeah, correct. So... Yeah. Oh, that you know, they were terrific. But Mark was good too. You know, he, mm. he was good for us. Albeit he was, his career was nearly finished. Yep. He was very good for us, and it suited us because we had Jason and uh, who was our other centre? Yeah, Corcoran and Jamie, Jamie Corcoran. Corcoran and Jason yeah, that's Sinclair. right. And yeah. Jamie and and Mark used to swap a bit anyway. Okay, a little bit like Dean Farre and Wanga Blake. Do yeah, now, yeah. But, but which I had no drama with. But they, they were happy to do that. Sweet. Yeah. I've got to ask this after every season we go through the grand finals: Canberra versus Canterbury. The best team win the competition that year? 1989? No, in 94. Uh, Canberra, Canberra and Bulldogs. Did the yeah. best. Canberra won that. They smashed. Yeah. Um, was that the best team that year? Yeah. Canberra the best team that year? Pretty sure, yeah, yeah. Any team with Laurie Daly and it's going to make, it's going to leave their stamp on a game. He, he may lose a few, but not many. Nice. Okay, we'll get to 995 and the whole Super League era yeah. after this. I'm not the pretty sure. Okay, we're here with uh, Ken Shine here on Not The Footy Show, episode 163. We've just talked about the 1994 season, which was Ken's first as the head coach at South. We're going to go into the 95 and 96 era now, which is, as most people remember, the birth and crazy times of Super League. Uh, Ken, you you ended up 94 with a team that that probably could have played finals football. Yes. 95 arrives... There's these rumours and rumblings about this Super League concept coming up. How does that sit with you as you enter the off-season? What do you know about it? How much do you know as a club about what Super League is possibly going to be? Very little. Uh, I didn't know a lot at all other than what probably came out in the press. Um, I know there was a lot of phone calls and stuff going on at that stage. I actually got a message one day that Phil Gill was would be calling me to talk to me at a particular time, but I never received the call, so... Um, that's what happened there. And with what we had in 94 as opposed to what we ended up with in 95, it was chalk and cheese. We just didn't have... Well, the experience was a big factor then because we'd lost Skiff, Skiff Aledi, we'd lost uh, Mark McGaw. 
Jason, Jason, Jason Sinclair, Jason Bell, Craig Field, Tricky, they were all still just starting their careers, you know, yeah. so it was tough on them and that's obviously why we didn't perform as well as we could. Now, South Sydney were always going to stay with the ARL. Is that yep. a fair comment? Yeah. Player-wise, were they all on the same page that they were going to stick around at South? And stick um, with the ARL. What, what was your? I, I, I think you? pretty well. If they hadn't received offers, they probably wouldn't have gone. And and I don't think many of them got huge offers at that stage. So they were still with us for a while. Yeah, but like I said, lack lack experience big time. We did, just didn't have the experience to go forward. So you ended up uh, starting the season uh, that year. Just picking it up now. Sorry. You guys uh, played against Manly, who ended up um, having one of the most amazing defensive seasons. Yeah. people have ever seen Manly as they entered that period 95, 96, 97 could you see that was going to be a great great team oh definitely you know defensively they were very strong but again they were very experienced how many internationals were in that team yeah, exactly um, you know Tuvi was just starting to well he already had I think at that stage he played State of Origin so that, they had a, yeah that was a super strong side Flushed from the success of a record-breaking year, Rugby League began 95 bristling with energy and excitement, generated largely by the introduction of four new clubs in Auckland, South Queensland, North Queensland and the Western Reds, who were the only new boys to win on debut. But less than a month after that historical weekend, the sporting world was turned upside down by the advent of Super League. The April Fool's Day confirmation that a batch of high-profile players had signed with News Limited's breakaway competition triggered three years of bitter division and damage as the ARL fought desperately to retain control of the game. Now, Super League actually was March first, uh, April 1st, I believe, in 95 was the, the day everything dropped. Dropped, yeah. You're sitting in your office, I guess. At By this stage, South yeah, Sydney. I had an office. At, uh, what, what do you hear that day that everybody's just it's, it's happened what 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 do you hear what do people tell you I just said Phil Gould didn't give you a call but you're hoping to well but... I can't say that I got a message to say he was but okay. I, I, I've never actually spoken to him to find out but for you when that yeah. actually happens does it seem like the world's just blown up what's yeah the... well you, you sit down at, uh, at your desk and think well, what's going to happen here do we turn up this weekend to play or is there a lot of talking to go on or what you know so we all just congregated at uh, Redfin and that was it just started normal training as well, training as per normal, and um, nobody. Who did we lose that one? No, I don't think anybody left that day. We, we were just all a bit numb yeah. about the whole thing, but we just went out and trained and prepared for the next game. Well, you beat Parramatta forty to eighteen, I think, that next game. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good uh, memory. Which was, I think, one of the few wins. That was a tough year for you guys. Yeah. Uh, any highlights? Um, you'd also picked up uh, Lee Jackson that year. Yeah. Is that a result in? of Super League? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. How did that come to pass? Because uh, I, I was chasing, I wanted someone to replace Skiff. We didn't have an out-and-out out number nine, and, and to get him was good, yeah. What kind of player was he? What's the... Uh, very good dummy half. Um, yeah, similar to Wallace, like I said, Wallace and Smith, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, he, he was very good. Yeah, he had a lot of nous, and um, he, he worked hard with the boys, yeah. How did he deal with coming... So I think he'd had success in the UK... Yeah. He came to you guys and obviously you guys struggled a bit that year. Yeah. Was that something you could see was a bit of a struggle for him, was adapting to a team not as competitive as... No, I think I think we were just... We were we were the uh, instigator to get him into, into league in, in Australia. Yep. Um, and, I mean, once he started, well, you know, he, he was in it then and once they could see he could play, 
he ended up going to the Knights. I'm not sure when that was, but but he ended up going to the Knights, didn't he? I think. Yeah, he did. He ended up playing yeah. in that '97 uh, decider. Yeah, that's it? right. Yeah. Yeah. When the Super League thing broke, Ken, was there was there much player talk? Were the players talking about it to training? I mean, yeah, yeah for sure. There, especially us, because like I said, they're all they were all a lot of them are young young kids that. Um, we're looking for an opportunity, and obviously, you know, if they could get a, a better contract with Super League, they were probably going to take it. Mm. So it would have been a distraction. It would have been. Oh, a, definitely. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, right. A little, a little bit like like these days at the moment. Um, you know, we've got blokes getting offered millions of dollars, or not millions, but a million dollars a year, who who have played less than sixty first grade games. And yeah. um, oh, I think the system is terrible at the moment. I mean, you know, here we are. We got how many weeks have been going on now about the so-called Big Four and. Yep. Mm. I mean, fans don't want to see all that. They just want to go and see their team play football. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, I think the way it's handled at the moment is is terrible. Yeah, it's a bit off-putting for 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 the the tribalism of rugby league when you yeah. you think your four biggest players, or yeah. all of them, or one of them, or two of them could go. I think it's pretty, you know, to my way of thinking, and I'm not on the NRL, but if somebody wants to change mid-season or at the end of the season, if their contract's up, there should be a period of. The end of August is the end of our competition rounds. Mm-hmm. So anybody that's not in the semis, okay, you've got a month. You go ahead and do your business. Mm-hmm. You want to leave or whatever, you negotiate with your manager. And then when you get to the end of that, you've you got, if someone's leaving from, say, Cronulla who won it last year, if, say, um, well, Jack Bird, yep. this is his last year this year. But if, say, well, if it was last year, after the grand final, well, he has a window then of after the grand final for a month to do his business. Mm, mm. Um, you can't tell me you can't move whole lock, stock and barrel from here to if he wants to go to well, Brisbane. that's been the argument for many years. Yeah, the they players put, was, oh, you know, we, we, we can't got to make a decision in April uh, because we can't move. It's well, very messy at the moment. Uh, well, it's, it's my ser- question around that to you, Ken, was when did you start recruiting for the next year? In 95? Well, in any of those any of those years you were at South, what... For you, what was Pretty it? well, I was recruiting all the time. It's okay. a constant thing. Yeah, it's it? a constant thing. And especially when you're down the bottom, you're looking to get to improve your your, your playing style. So how do you go about identifying who's off contract? Where do you get that information? Right? Oh, from just, agents? What's the, no, what's the process? No, I didn't, I didn't have a lot. I had a little bit to do with agents, yeah, a couple of them. Uh, there wasn't as many around then as there is now. Yeah. Um, but also through um, talking with players that you've worked with in the past... Oh, so and so's available. He might want to come to you. You want to give him a call, blah blah blah. Mm. So, um, I guess I might ask about that. Is, do you think that was a talking anytime system? Which is that what it was then? Is that is that how you went about your business? It yeah, was like you could just talk to a player in June, July, August, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. Yeah, mainly for the ones I'd be chasing would be ones that like I got a kid from the Central Coast, for instance, by the name of Adam McEwen. He was a good young kid. I got him one day. He came down for a training run with us and. Um, so we, we got him signed on the day. Yeah, he ended up a good buy for us. Not outstanding, but yep, he was because yep. he was only young. But he was good for us. Okay. That's that's the way. Yeah, we we just picked up players wherever we could. Whereas you know, if you get, if you manly, as you say, they'd be much better organised and they be they could be much more selective of bringing in someone to back up to internationals. Well, they had yeah. recruiters and everyone. I mean, they had yeah, Crusher and, and all sorts of people running around looking at junior games. And Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. At, at, in that time, that 94 to 97 period that you were head coach, Ken, was there anyone that you... Was there any big-name players that you just missed out on? Were there any any outstanding players, you know, like a, a, a big, you know, triple, triple star? Yeah, triple not really. I, I, 
I don't think, like I said, we, we ended up with, when we had Skiff, you know, I thought that was the, the, the start of where we might go on and be like that. But mm-hmm. once the Super League thing, it just... The guts so did he leave because of Super League? Oh, Skiff or Lady, that oh, is. I can't answer that. Oh, he, maybe, maybe he did. Where did he go again? I forget. Yeah. Uh, didn't he Adelaide, go? didn't he? No. Adelaide, um, was it Adelaide or... Um, you know no, the Western yeah. Reds. Who, who played in the Western Reds? Maybe he, was, he went to North Queensland. There you go. That North Queensland. Yeah, and he had That's actually. Right. That was because you got him for the '94. Had he already signed for North Queensland? Is that why you got him that year from Illawarra? Yeah, I think that's what what happened. Yeah, okay. um, and actually did his knee. I think in the first game. Yeah. Um, he only ended up playing eleven games. For, he's a good player. For Jeez, North he's a good player. I remember he's him from Illawarra. Great. Well, he ended up just quickly. He ended up playing for Adelaide for two seasons. Uh, in '97, '98, there are only two seasons in the comp, and then he played <laughs> Parramatta in '99. <laughs> When they got, uh, they had a pretty good year that year, yeah. in 2000. Um, yeah, very quality football actually. Quality yeah. Him and him and Piccinelli, the Spaghetti Brothers. Were yeah, fantastic. that's right. Yeah, they were good. Um, quickly, uh, 95. It sort of comes to a close, and you guys, as I said, it was a, it was a tough year for you. Mm. When did the rumblings about Craigfield going to Manly start? Uh, I got married in 96. Yeah, so it was probably halfway through 1996. So 1996, you enter that season, and what's the thought process given that 95 is a tough one? Well, trying to trying to get, like you said, recruit some better players and try and have a better year than 95. What's the board pressure, or however the system was there at South? Was Alan Jones still there? He was still there till about halfway through 96. Okay, and and he was you know obviously very busy, and so he just left it with me after that. So what kind of uh, Feedback are you getting from the higher ups around the performance of the well, team? Well, only really period? only spoke to uh, Terry mainly, and uh, had a few chats to George Biggins. Yeah, and um, Tony Henderson was one of our main trainers. He, he was on the board as well. So, yeah, that that was probably the main people I spoke to. They talked to you often? No, not really. Not so you really left to your own devices, yeah, basically, definitely. to make this happen. Yeah, definitely. To, to, yeah. It's, it's, and and in terms of media. Um, because I mean, obviously, it's it's in the board in the news at the moment around you know pressure on boards to make right decisions. And, all and also, the the thing with South is you had the South seniors and the South juniors. So trying to get them together was very difficult. I I introduced a system where I wanted the the Jersey Fleet boys to come up and train with us one night a week. Yep. Initially, they knocked that back; they wouldn't allow it, which I couldn't just blew me away. But eventually, I talked them around to not the whole team but I picked three they, they gave me three or four of their best ones who came and did some training with us you know and this is what you face next year when you come up come up you know so trying to recruit them to come make sure they didn't leave because they all they ever used to whinge about was losing our juniors losing well don't lose them if you let them come and train with us how much of an impact did the media have on I guess you day to day back then in the 90s um Pretty, pretty well constant, yeah. I, who did I speak to? Tony Adams used to ring me a lot. Um, Peter Fralingos was very good yep. at, at the time. And, yeah, I found him very good. Unfortunately, he's passed away. Yep. But um, who else did I have? Uh, used to Someone used to ring me. It was Tony used to ring me pretty early of the morning. So does it... <laughs> the mole on fire? <laughs> the yeah. uh, go to sleep, mole. Um, question on that is you see what, I guess, the, the coaches and that go through now yeah. from a press point of view yep. compared to what you did could you have a better influence I guess on the individual journal back then in terms of what you gave them how much information you gave them compared to what Most now definitely, where yeah, it just yeah. seems like it's pot shot central yeah that's right yeah no, I agree with that you know, I think it, it's much more organised and, and you know and I used to say a lot of people 
dislike the press, but you can't. You, you can dislike them all you like, but they're part of the game, so you've got to mm. handle them and control them. They're not going anywhere, are they? They're not going anywhere. They're going to be there tomorrow. Yeah. Exactly right. And the worse you get on with them, the, the worse they'll write about you. Now, uh, 95 ends, uh, it's Manly Canterbury in the grand final. Yeah. Now, Canterbury won that grand final. Were they the best team that year, Canterbury? Yeah, they, there was a forward pass off um, Jimmy down the left-hand corner, around, around the corner. So they continue the wrap to the left. Dimmick, Dimmick gets a one hand around the corner. So were Manly the best team that year? or Because Canberra had a big year that year as well. Canberra had a big year. I, I think there were, probably wasn't a lot between Canterbury and um, Manly. Yep. And uh, it was just, like I said, those decisions can go against you. And then the grand final, look, that's that's life. It is. Uh, we'll go to 96 after the break. Not the footy show. This award each year is given to, uh, to honour Clive Churchill. It's given to the best player in the grand final. And this year... It's my pleasure to say that the winner was, in my book, one of the toughest men to ever pull on a football boot, Manly's captain, Jeff Tooby. Um, first, I'd like to thank all the Manly fans for showing up today. We really appreciate it and I hope it's all worth it. I'd also like to congratulate Sir George. I know how they feel from last year. Um, it's very disappointed, but I think their fans are very proud of them and their coaching staff. I think they've done a wonderful job this year and give them a, give them a clap. I'd also, I'd also like to take this opportunity to thank our major sponsors, uh, Pepsi and Fuji, for their support all year. Again, um, our players have had a wonderful year and it's just great to cap it off with a win in the grand final, um, unlike last year. Um, a special thanks to Bob Fulton and all the coaching staff who've done a wonderful job this year. And a special mention to my wife who put up with me all this week. Thank you very much. All right, we're back on Not The Footy Show, episode 163. <laughs> Hope you've stuck with us, because uh, Ken certainly has. He hasn't left us yet. He hasn't walked out the door. He hasn't thrown the toys out of the cot. He's, he's, I think he actually might be enjoying himself. Are you enjoying yourself, Ken? Yes, mate. Okay, Definitely. We'll pay you up. Brings back good memories. Uh, we're getting to 96 now. The pre-season of 96, the very real threat to competitions is about. Round one, all the Super League clubs uh, forfeit their game. Yep. You guys get manly. <laughs> Again, yeah. How does it feel when you see uh, X amount of clubs get freebies in round one you've got to play uh, manly in, in that first game? Yeah, well, that, that's obviously tough for a, a situation that South was, was in. It was 96 was just really a replica of 95. Uh and it was probably even worse because Super League had, did have a hole by this and, uh, yeah, we just had to do the best we could. Did you think it was going to be dual competitions that particular year? Did it just seem like it was just going to happen? Yeah, well, we thought so, but we were only, only go by by what you read in the press. That's all, all we could go by. Yep. Now, that first game, you, de- or you didn't debut him. He played first grade before, but what can you tell us about Martin Masala, the Tongan Torpedo? Yeah, there's a good story with Martin. Um we started at uh, when Janji and I were at Balmain. We started pre-season, and I'd done my best to get Marty to training for the start of the year. Anyway, I think we'd been going you know, three weeks or maybe even a month, <coughs> and I couldn't get him to training because he, he he was a good he worked had had his own sort of business, Marty, okay. and but I wanted him badly because he was a good player, good player. Anyway, um, we got to the stage one night. He finally turned up after um, anyway. I said, come on, I'll introduce you to Alan. So I introduced you to Alan. He said, where have you been? Alan said to him, he said, I've been working. He said, don't talk to me about work because you know what. Yeah, he, said, he, said, get, he said, get your bag and piss off. 
Oh. That was 95. That was not, 96. When, 96, when Marty first started. What year did he play? So, yeah, he played with the Lord. Anyway, Jonesy yeah. just walked off. And I said to Marty, Marty went to walk. I said, come with me. So I took him down to another room on your. I said, just leave your bag here. Get out, just get straight out on the field and train and keep out of his sight. <laughs> so anyway, that, that was all right. So he's out training. I think we went another two training nights. And one night I was talking to him and we bumped Jonesy. What are you doing here? I said, oh, mate. He, he got lost, I said, so I thought we might as well come to training. <laughs> so I said, get... Anyway, the rest is history. He ended up a really good player for us. Yeah. He left at the end of 96. Yeah. What was that? Uh, probably money. Yeah. Where did he go? Did he go overseas? He did. He went I, to... I, yeah, I think... Leeds. Yeah. He was a bit of a... He was my brother's favourite player at Ballet. Mm-hmm. Oh, he got a tongue and torpedo. He could hit. He was now, did he, he hit. Did he get suspended while he was at your club? Or? Yeah, yeah. For, for going... Hitting, hitting the ball and going up. Oh, okay. It wasn't the hand of the ball? No, no, no. No, he wasn't a dirty... He was just a tough, yeah, hard player. He, yeah. And he had a bit of pace. He, for his first 20 metres, he could yeah, run. Yeah, he had a good good bit of acceleration. Turn of speed, mark, yeah. But that was the story Jonesy told him to piss off. <laughs> That's fantastic. And I said, just get in the room and hide. Um, that's That year started off with eight straight losses. Uh, yeah. This is your third year as coach. What's the mental state... When you start the year. I well, the, the thing about the thing about uh, what we'd been through, you, you, and there's an old saying: you learn more from your losses than you do from your wins. And probably um, my portfolio by this, I've got a lot of information hmm. that I can use big time. So that that was that's the only way you can look at it. I mean, you don't like getting beaten, that's for sure. But with what we had, we did our best. And uh, but yeah, I, I'd accumulated a lot of information. By that, so you, in round nine, you took on the Tigers. You beat them 32 points to four. Was that at the cricket ground? Uh, SFS. SFS, so, okay. Uh, in front of 6,000 people. Go okay, Super League. Uh, actually, you played in front of 3,000. the lowest crowd. Oh, 3,000 people twice that year. Yeah. Three times that year. Yeah. How's it, what's it like turning up and just there being no fans in the stands? Well, I think it's just, just football. You've got to play football. So we're here. If, if the crowd's poor, so be it. We can't do much about that other than win games. And once Everyone loves a winner. Yep. And if you start winning games, they'll turn up. So let's go back to that Tigers game. Uh, you won 32 points to four. Tyron Smith gets a hat-trick. Uh, what are your memories of that game? Because that would obviously have been a, a bright was that spot. Alliance, was it? That was Alliance, yeah. Alliance, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that was um, a good performance. Which and, and when you're a team in a situation like South were, you go lost, 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 and eventually the players get sick of it so that they get themselves up for one really good dig yep. and then you'll have a win and then it, it's... Peaks and troughs again. You go down again because you don't have the depth. You can't say, like Trent Robinson today, he's Latrell Mitchell. I'm giving yeah. him a rest. I couldn't. I didn't have the luxury to do that. Bringing someone like you know, Joseph Manu in, who yeah, been, he's been itching for a chance. He didn't well, have that. He, Joseph Manu would play first grade for us all the time. This is the question I was going to ask you, based out of this season, uh, these <coughs> seasons. The the young fellas coming through for a club like South. How many do you have to choose from? Like genuine juniors coming through. Is, is there much quality there in that? I'm talking about this period of time. Is that a tough in thing? In the 90s? In the 90s, there's not much coming through. Is that a no, fair comment? Probably not as much as you have now because <coughs> there wasn't as much um, onus placed on recruitment. And especially South, they thought, we've got the juniors. We just bring the juniors through. Okay. But that'll never win you a premiership. You've got to recruit from outside as well as from inside. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting way of looking at it, isn't it? Oh, I have to. The, the yeah. club, and you were mentioning before how South Juniors and South Seniors are separate. Oh, yeah. So, they disliked each other immensely. Which means that if you're getting players coming through that aren't up to it, 
well, you've had another input in them playing the no. 16s, 17s, 18s anyway. Yeah, that's right. That's it's not an easy place to be. No. Uh, you actually had a period of a, of a decent run through that middle part of that season. You beat Tigers, then you lost to Penrith, then you drew with West, then you beat the Western Reds, you beat the Gold Coast, lost to Auckland, then beat South and North Queensland. That would have been a nice little couple yeah, of months there. Yeah, the, the game you said at Penrith, did we beat Penrith at Penrith? Uh, you know, you lost to Penrith at uh, Penrith in 96, but then you beat... Uh, we lost, that's right. That was that the one. day... Um, Will Robinson scored a, a sensational try, but we should have won that game. John, um, John Cartwright uh, raked the ball out, and no referee decision. Because when you're on the bottom, the decisions go yeah, against you. Yeah, not at all. All the time. Never you remember who the referee was? Uh, I can probably find it out, so you can. Was it Tim Mander? No, Matt Hewitt. Uh, okay. Who the hell's Matt Hewitt? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think that myself. What a Neville. You got it wrong. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, 96 comes to a close. Uh, obviously, what, what stage you mentioned? We, we sort of touched on it before, but when did uh, Craig decide? Craig Field decide to go over to Manly. Oh, what stage in that year? Pretty well, like pretty well the end of our season. I think pretty well August. He, he would have, um, yeah, pretty well gone. So I think he had the deal done, but he wasn't going to. Didn't say, say anything. Yeah. Uh, uh, how do you react to effectively losing? probably the most influential player you got in your team. Well, I, I guess given where we'd been with everything else, that you, you couldn't blame him for that. And and they're going to be looking for for better players too. Now, he, according to the Rugby League project, Craig Salvatore became captain it halfway was, through that year. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Craig Field was the captain. Yeah. Was that a conscious decision to... Yeah, you know, Salvo just he stood out as a captain of, of us because he was an elderly player, senior player. And experienced enormous, and was just fantastic for us. A good leader, oh, great leader, yeah, great leader, yeah. and a good player. He didn't budge, you know. He he, he really got stuck into it. He was terrific. Yeah. yeah. So '96 ends. Uh, that grand final that year was uh, Manly over St George. Again, the question is: Did the best team win the comp that year? Yeah. No. <laughs> he's a Saints fan, just so you know. Saints fan. Yeah, Rob is. Good. My optometrist is a Saints fan. He's a terrific bloke. So he can't see either. All good bloke. <laughs> no, he can't <laughs> see. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, one red eye, one He's had a lot of luck with racehorses, <laughs> let me tell you. Remember Dan's hero? No. no we're, not, we're, 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 we're the wrong crew. We're not, we're not race guys. He won the he won the, the slipper, the size produce, and the champagne stakes. Gave Waterhouse trained oh, okay. it there you go. for Michael Angelos. Were you, were you part owner of this bloke? Or? Pretty well owned a lot of it. Yeah, right. Oh, nice yeah. done. It's up on his wall, and he, he's. He shops over. He lives in South Coogee, but he shops over at uh, Lavender Bay, oh, North nice. Sydney side. Oh, yeah. Okay, so '96 cash. ends, and we'll talk about uh, the dual competition era after the break, and not the footy show. Okay, we're back on Not The Footy Show, episode 163. Rugby League in the 1990s is getting an absolute workout. Cogsmith, you have a question I've for a, our guest. I've got a shot. question for Ken. Um, Ken, when, when, when Craig Field left, I know that he and Alan were quite close. You know, I know that Alan took Craig under his wing. Mm. Um, was Alan disappointed for, for Craig to leave, to go to Manly? No, not really. I, I think, as Jonesy would be Jonesy, he, he, he wants people to progress and, and right. you know, be the best they can. Now, it was it was silly to think that we could um, keep him 
on the money Manly were going to offer him. Right. So okay. it's probably our situation at the time is where we're bringing people through. Mm-hmm. We're not yet one of those clubs that are established and can stand on our own two feet and say, no, we can pay you just as much, stay with us. So right. Right. if someone's going to take your best player, well, so be it. Can I ask a question? You don't have to answer this if you don't want to. What was, give me a ballpark of what Craig was on when he left your club. Do you have a rough idea? No, nah, mate, I wouldn't have. A, I, I didn't have to get involved in that at okay. the time. Unless there was one individual that I knew and and I wanted the person, I could take him to Jones and say, we want this bloke, blah, blah, blah. Can you give me some dollars? Mm-hmm. It's interesting because that's the, the part of this sort of I wanted to unpack around the 90s is the influence that a coach had on his roster. Yeah. Because if you've just then said, I wasn't sure what he was on, which is yeah. just the way it was. That's right. I would imagine there's just no way a coach these days doesn't know I to, no, the, no, to, the, to, the, to the dot of what every player is under, under Well, they've got to know the salary cap, don't they? Yeah. yeah. They yeah. definitely have to, yeah. Well, I know back in the day, Jason Taylor was one of the highest paid players as a halfback with Bears. Um, and the reports then was that he was on 250 or 300. Um, you know, and that he was right at the top of the, the, the ladder. Because the money in Super League was... They were talking five, six, seven oh, for, the, for those, those top Canberra players. From I saw three well. of the Canberra players' contracts. And well, okay, you let, let us know. Come on, you have to, have to name names. No, just no names. Us, what, what, no names, just what was, what was the money? Five, six hundred thousand. Was that a contract? Was that like a loyalty Or a sign-on fee? Or? I saw the contracts, mate. Okay. Fair dinkum, eh? Because I know that there Bargains were... Bargains these days. I'd take, I'd take one of those well, players for that now. <laughs> there were a couple of big-name um, ARL players who were played, paid a loyalty... Like a, you know, yeah. here's three hundred, and by the way, here's another four or five hundred right. to come and play for whatever club, um, and that's how a lot of players got very rich. Do you remember, remember the guy for Balmain? Was it um, Glenn Morrison? No, was it Steve Edmed? Oh, I went yeah. to North Queensland. Chuck. Got a lot of money for. He did. He yeah. still played with us, played out the year. Yeah, and yeah. then he went. Yeah, and um, for sure, there was just all sorts of crazy money being thrown around. Well, the, the story I remember was the Ricky Stewart one, where he'd signed to go. To Super League, and then I think Phil Gould got on the phone and mm. and said, "I'll double that, or whatever it was." Yeah. What, did you, you know anything about that at all? Yeah, sounds true to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, why do you think he stuck with Super League? He's Pro- mates. Well, well, his I, mates. Think, I, I think I think at the end of the day, players, while the money is important, they also want to be at a, a club where they're going to win. Yeah, that, that's the biggest factor. That's what these kids at Balmain are be going through now. Yeah. Because they don't think they're probably going to win too much at the Tigers. Whereas if they go to Moses goes to Parramatta, he thinks I'm more of a chance of winning the comp. May, he may be wrong. I don't think he's right, but yeah. that may be. That's how they feel. They want to play somewhere. They know they want to win. They want to get paid for it, but they want to win. They don't want to run a second. It's funny how team. what ends up winning in that in that yeah. battle. It's for some players. For sure. You can tell one of the other one of, one of the two wins. Yeah. Uh, generally, any player staying at Brisbane, it's just trying to win. Yeah. Cause, I mean, that's, right. that's the bit that that's always struck me around the. Um, Darren Lockyer contracts over the years mm. they kept saying that his actual contract under the salary cap was like $250,000 and there's yeah. just no way that's what all he was being paid in no. terms of third party and the rest oh, of it but sure. how do you compete with that that's the knowing what I know about Ricky which isn't a whole lot but on the surface he's a very very loyal man and I think to I think you know knowing in his mind he was getting paid decently anyway in in the in his mind to know the ego part would know that I can make double elsewhere, but you know what, I've got my mates here, um, and I want to win, and I and I want to win, and I want to want to be in the team that's a chance of winning the comp. Yeah, yeah, and I think to know that he could have made double the money probably satisfied his ego a little bit, and, mm-hmm. and also on top of that, they want to play rep football too, state of origin in Australia. That's right. 
know, that, right. that gives them a lot of kudos mm. in the public eye when they play for Australia. Yeah. yeah. And he was at the absolute so. top of his game um, during mm. that Super League period, Ricky Stewart. Oh, yeah, mm. for sure. Uh, I want to talk about another player who ended up um, signing with Super League. Uh, I, thought, I thought he signed with Super League originally, but as it turns out, he signed with the ARL and you ended up with him. Julian O'Neill. What can you yeah. tell us about Julian oh, O'Neill oh. when he joins the Bunnies in 97? Well, I, I, I didn't realise it was happening until one day I got a call from Jonesy. He said, Julian O'Neill signed with us. He's coming. Can you pick him up? I said, yeah, no worries. So I lived at Borkham Hills at the time, so I picked him up that the day he arrived and took him to my place at Borkham Hills. And... Um, my wife cooked a, a nice roast chicken. We had a nice meal. And we went out the back with coffee and cigarettes and sat there for hours. Yeah. <laughs> just talk, he smoked and chain smoked, yeah. drinking coffee, yeah. and just talking for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. yeah. You didn't let him near your shoe cabinet, did you? No. <laughs> no, mate. No. <laughs> but he, he was... Um, he, he did the right thing by us, I've got to say. He's a good player. He was very, a good player, good player, a good athlete, super athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But we got on really well until he started ringing me from the coach in Orsett of Oka Street in Randwick. Mm-hmm. Ken, I want you to talk to this <laughs> mate of mine here. <laughs> oh. Jules was a little loose, wasn't he? And one night he'd come to train, he, he could smell the grog on him. Yeah. And uh, so I immediately jumped, I said, rang Jones, he said, you better come and get this bloke. Get him out of here quick. For what, what did you, in that situation when you got a marquee player, you know, arguably your best player at the club, your highest paid player at the club. When he turns up to training, maybe a little under the weather. What do you do? I mean, you, obviously you got Jonesy to come and pick him up and take him away. But you what do you do the next week? Do you, do you punish him? Like, do you send him to reserve? You, you can't afford to do that. In a, if if I take our best player out, what do the other players think? Mm. Mm. You know, that's what you know. I saw what happened with um, at Penrith. At Penrith, I mean. Any surprise to you with that, what's happened at Penrith, that Matt Moylan on the back page of the newspaper today says he doesn't want to be captain anymore? Yeah, well, I think they've got problems. I mean, you know, you've got to manage those things very well. It's very, very easy to cross the board, say, you do this. You, mm-hmm. As far as I'm concerned, the rules are there are no rules. Mm-hmm. Okay? If you come consistently, come to training, run, I'm going to do something about it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. If Warwick doesn't and he turns up only on the odd occasion, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, I might say to him, I'm going to fine you 50 bucks, whatever, yep. you know, mm-hmm. say. Yep. So you got to take each case on its merits yep. because you're not just hurting the player that did the wrong thing, you're hurting 30,000 people that are sitting there watching you. Yeah. And at the moment, they, they haven't done the best of I, I think losing you know? by one point last week didn't do them any favours as far as the And, they, and the guys, it invariably happens, they go back to reserve grade and they get beaten. They Why? Because the blokes in the other reserve grade teams let me at them. We'll, exactly we'll, right. We'll take to these blokes. Oh, the, the, look, I was at that game. I was at the reserve grade game. Um, the Knights um, beat, yeah. beat them. And, and they, they played out of their skin, the Knights, you know. And, and Matty Moylan is a terrific player. You Absolutely. look see the paper, photo of him he's in gone. the paper today. You know, he's sad. He's... Yeah. It's hurting big time. He's, he's been gutted. I, I think the best thing that Coach could have done, and I, I wasn't there, I'm not there, but um, I think the best thing he could have done was to slap him across the wrist, maybe fine him. Maybe fine him 25 grand. Yeah, maybe, maybe that. 25 grand, a big fine, not yep. just 50 bucks yeah, or yeah, yeah. 500 Something bucks. Something substantial. And 25 grand and it goes to a charity. Yeah. Yeah, There's so much of that goes on. But he still day. plays and they probably still beat South the other night. Of course they, they would Get on. Yeah. Excuse <laughs> yeah. me. Oh, we, we were a clean podcast up until that stage. No, no. Uh, we're actually, we're going to talk about 97 now, so um, mm. there could be some other words coming out. Dual competitions, 
it's a it's a tough year for you guys. You win four games and have a draw. It's your last year as as coach. You don't know that going in, but how? Again, as coach, what's it like knowing there's two competitions going on? You're only got to now plan against eleven other sides. What's the <coughs> what's the mindset with a dual competition, or do you just completely shut no different? No, out? no different. You just play. You know, you go ahead as normal. You got to prepare a team, the best team you can prepare, and win as many games as possible. So that, that's about all. You know, there's nothing spectacular about it. We're, the players and and most staff in each club in all clubs um, that they wouldn't be anything different other than preparing to win a game of football if it's a half a comp and half a comp is up there well so be it okay what's the I guess mentality coming down from the top from the ARL in regards to how do we market this season how do we you know, is that is that different because it's they've got a direct competitor this time? Is is it? Did you have any directives come down from? No, not really. We like I just said. You know, the, the thing to be was win as many, yeah, get the best team you could, win as many games as possible. And I think uh, was Optus involved that year. Yeah, Optus was ninety six and ninety seven. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So I think that we're all getting. You know, I mean, I think Hadley was doing interviews on coaches then, and with Phil Gould. That's right. Yeah, I think because I did one one day with them in there. Yeah. So. They, they promoted it as good as they could, you know, and I don't think there was probably much between the two competitions anyway, you know. Did you pay any attention at all to the Super League competition? Oh, it's football I'm watching I'm watching at all, yeah. I wouldn't give it give it up and say, oh, because it's Super League, no, I want to watch the football. I want to be involved in the football. Yeah, absolutely. Def- um, so dur- during the, the 97 season, um, did you... As you're watching Super League, you're watching you're watching obviously the ARL competition as well. You're competing in it. Um, who, who were your standout? Like you look at you look at the grand final, for example, where um, uh, Newcastle won and Brisbane won. Hmm. If Newcastle and Brisbane play that year, who wins? Uh, probably Newcastle. Ninety-seven. You're talking about ninety-seven. Wow. Yeah, wherever Andrew Jones is, Andrew Johns is. Mm. Yeah, you know, you're not you. Should, I wouldn't go against him because he was just too good, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. yeah. Look at they did to Parramatta, who scored a mountain of points all year. But, you know, I could have told him what to do and he wouldn't have lost, but he's not going to listen to me. <laughs> he had two blokes in his, in his back line couldn't tackle. Have a look who scored the first who, – who passed the ball for the first two tries and who did he point players at? You have a look at the tape. Mm. Mm. It's pretty fantastic. So 12, 12 nil, and yeah, I'd have done the same thing. Just catch the ball, give it, run at him straight away, and you'll score. Then they did one on the left, and Johnsy did the same thing, giving the ball, run at him, and you'll score. Who uh, are those players, Ken? Come on, name them. Who couldn't? Who could Jason, Jason Taylor and Michael Butner. Yeah. Legs tacklers on the line. Yeah. Don't get you anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And Andrew Johns is smart enough to know that. Yeah. Exactly yeah. right. It was twelve nil after that. That was actually a pretty fantastic final series. That that oh, ninety seven, yeah. that ninety seven mm. series. Uh, Super League probably, yeah. uh, from memories that I have, um, was sort of neck and neck all year in regards to who was caring about which comp more. Yeah. But the final series for ARL that year was just well, yeah, I thought yeah. just yeah. outstanding. I'm not, I'm not saying those guys are not good players. No, 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 not, they, at all. no not at all. They could play, but there was ways and means you could use to get them out of the firing line because Jonesy and Alan Bell would have said to him. Where you're going, as soon as you get possession, aim the traffic at him and him. Mm. They would have been number one. Joey was a master oh. at, at 
at finding deficiencies in other in, t- in op- on the edges. Terms. You know, the, yeah. that's he was a genius. That all come from Alan Bell, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't do it once. They would do it every time. Yeah. Well, this is this is a bugbear that we've got, and we've already discussed it in the shows we've been doing together. But why clubs or teams will do a play, it'll work a treat, and then they won't do that play again. No. Now, you never set that directive down like we've scored a try. No. Don't try that again. No, I used to think along different lines. If it works once, try it again. Mm. Because it might happen again for you. Absolutely. There's, there's no guarantee that if someone hasn't prepared well enough that they can defend well enough in the line. It, you know, And I think... Anyway, I'll, I'll tell you something else when we, when we, <laughs> we stop Quick one on that. Um, <laughs> Knights Manly, is that one of the best grand finals you've seen? Oh, I think the best one, my best grand final was the 89 one. I don't think anything yeah, surpassed that. I can't talk oh, that one. The, well, the other, the um, North Queensland one two years ago. That yeah, was good. That was go close, but I don't think it was any better. Is that play by Andrew Johns in like the handful of best players you've ever seen from a player? When he went down the short oh. side. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, that's amazing. His vision like, was enormous, man. He, he, you know, just enormous and... and that's why he didn't, he didn't need any structure. Play what's in front of you. And what well, that Manly team had about seven tries scored against them all year, so that's not, yeah. it's not a bad, bad no, effort, is it? That's right. So that, that 97 proves to be your last season um, yep. as coach there. When did you find out that that was it? I went for an interview with um, George Pickens and Frank Cookson, and, yeah, and they just rang me after that to say that, no, I've got to say, oh, that's right, I was at, we were at Allianz there for a second last game and that's right, they appointed Steve Martin and he brought, Frank Cookson brought him to the football. I remember looking around there, he's, I thought, oh, obviously it's not me next year. <laughs> that, that's how but, you found out. That's how I found out. out. Wow. That's true, true story. Steve didn't last the whole year, that next year. Tugger took over, 98. In regards to, to that 98, that was the year that uh, South picked up Tim Brasher. Yeah. How involved were you in uh, recruiting Tim Brasher? Not at all. Not at all? So no. it was decided after you'd left? Yeah. How yeah. does it feel to, to watch, I think, that year they picked up and just going through the list, uh, Tim Brasher, Chris Caruana, Sean Garlic, David Hall, Terry Hermanson, Justin Lumens, Brett Rodwell, Jeremy Sloss. Yeah, I would have liked to have had that team. Well, that's my question to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. That would have been the best team well, since 94. Timmy Brasher was awesome. And he was in his, still at his peak then, wasn't he? Yeah. I'm still good friends with Timmy. I see Timmy a bit, yeah. Um, how yeah. does that feel that next year to watch a team run around that could have oh, been yours? Yeah, it breaks your heart, mate, when you're tr- trying to do the best you can and you can't get any support for that. But that's life in footy. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, any questions more on the uh, that period, Cocksmith, before we talk about some other things? Nope. I'm all good. good. Yeah, no, I mean, Kenny's uh, covered it all off for us as far as that four-year period goes. Um, mm. I, some of my favourite football was played in that, that period. Um, not like a, like you guys alluded to, ninety seven was my, my probably my favourite grand final next to eighty nine and two thousand and fourteen fifteen whatever it was when the Cowboys won. Um, just a little note on that ninety seven grand final. I've never done it since, and I never did it before. But there was still some time on the clock when Darren Albert scored that try, and I was under the illusion that it, it was full time. The way that Newcastle celebrated, and I was actually shooting that game from the northern end. I was in the northern end end zone and I ran onto the field thinking it was full time. I found myself under the goalposts l- looking around and no one else has run on the field with me. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, yeah, so it's ca- kind of embarrassing. But uh, Yeah, I think it was only, only they couldn't be beaten after that try, so that's 
Yeah. But there was still time to go. Yeah, yeah there was still about oh, a minute or 30, yeah, it wasn't 30 long. seconds or no, long. It wasn't long. But it was a very exciting grand final, and, and oh, especially yeah. because it was a maiden grand final win for Newcastle, mm. I knew they'd be going off, you know, mm. so I was trying to get on the field to get the emotion. But um, jump the gun a little, was I? something here for everybody uh i've i've long wondered is this cocksmith uh, let's have i'm a just look. showing ken now everybody uh sorry we're back i think or we're still on i don't know we're somewhere yeah we're still uh, this is the try i'm not going to put the audio in the background just so ken can watch this Ken's is joey going down the, the sideline down the short dummy, side short side Opens up a gap. Look at that gap. There's a bloke sitting right here. No, that's the southern end. That's not you? That's the southern end. Oh, okay. Because the reason that I bring this up, everybody, is that that cameraman misses the shot of him putting the ball down. Definitely not me. Uh, No, but (laughs) I I didn't get it either because I was was 100 metres away. So you're right. At this point in time, we're just watching the play, everybody, and I'll I'll put the audio in underneath uh, on the show when I produce it. But you're running onto the field at the moment. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yep. um, Look at that. What's that? How many minutes? 79, 79 minutes. minutes. Still, minutes. still just less than a minute to go. Yeah. You know, celebrating and I had to wait for the full-time hooter. So, um, but geez, it was a good feeling at that ground that day. I, yeah, I was good. so happy for Chief and for, for uh, the, you know, Joey and, and Matty. Billy Peden. Billy yep. Peden, yeah. Uh, and uh, Mark Sargent was there too. Butterfield was there as well, Butts. wasn't he? Butts was there, yeah. yeah. It was just a, just a, a really good, um, good feeling. Uh, yeah. and, I, and I had a soft spot for Newcastle because I'd never won one, you know what I mean? Yeah. All right, we'll I, come back. I coached the first player that was signed by the Knights. Who was that? Ashley Gordon. Ashley Gordon. Oh, there you go. Name, yeah. Played for me at South Newcastle. Yeah, right. And they, Alan Bell picked him up and took and signed him for the Knights. And then we went on and got beaten in the grand final, actually, up, up the local grand final. Okay. Nice. All right, after the break, we'll uh, maybe talk about a bit more current uh, stuff. And I think Cogsmith's got a list of 10 questions. He wants to fire off Deluxe to Ken. Right on the 20 metre line, directly in the centre of the park. Goldthorpe. There's Bowen. They found a gap. This is the new fella. And on it goes for Apo. Apo's got some space. Can he do it? Yes, Graham Apo will go all the way to the line. Nobody chasing him now. Graham Apo plants the ball over for the first try for the Adelaide Rams. Only a couple of minutes gone. 
15 out from the line. They want to finish on that high we talked about, and here's their chance to do it. Back yeah, inside for Rappo. Graham Appo scores the try, and there's the, the extra high we're talking about, and Graham Appo goes in for another try for the Adelaide Rams. You might want to buckle up, because the Coxian Express is about to drop some knowledge. Alright, time for the Coxsmith to fire some questions at uh, Ken Shine, our guest today. Coxsmith, you promised these to be the most, like, the toughest questions since who wants to be a millionaire. Well, I wanted to leave them last, just so in case Kenny walked out, we've already got an hour worth of him. <laughs> I, think, so. I think we've got enough, <laughs> enough so far. I think Kenny will stick around. I think <laughs> we're also buying him lunch afterwards, so I'm sure yep. he'll be sticking around after these questions. They're, Go they're for just, it, They're just really simple questions. I don't have them written down, but Ken, in the time that you were, you were coaching, um, including the time that you had at Balmain, mm -hmm. um, uh, who was the best player you saw? Who was the absolute best that you saw? For Balmain or no, no, for, for, uh, Andrew, Andrew Johns. Andrew Johns. Andrew Johns. Andrew Johns. Yeah. Okay. What about the toughest player? Um, you know, ooh. a bloke who could play injured, could play play. Yeah, hurt. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, let me think. Let me think. Probably Craig Field. I would think, and the people I had. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm not privy to other players in other clubs, but from South, I think. Feels he yeah, very rarely missed a game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, there wasn't he, much of him either. Though, was nah, there? he was a tough kid. Yeah, for sure. With the with the Trindle Field thing not liking each other much, did they play junior football together? Yeah, came right through South Juniors. Right. Yeah. And, and do you know what you know what that was? Do you know what the the um oh just ego? They one wanted to be half back and the other one, they both wanted to be half back. Okay. Now they couldn't. I had to make a decision with one had to play half and the other one had to play fullback. Right. And I thought Tricky had. Was more adaptable to play fullback than what Craig was. When you were, when you were at South, um, what was your most what was your, your your proudest moment at South? You know, the one thing that you you go back to and remember. What was your proudest? That moment? first year where we won the Challenge Cup, and then, uh, as Warwick said, we went on and well, we went seven, seven on the right. trot. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. Yeah. Right. What about the most disappointing moment? Was it the Steve Martin? Sitting Steve Martin. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't didn't help. Did you say anything to Steve that day? No, not at all, mate. No. no, I was too busy concentrating on the game. I didn't want to talk to him anyway. Um, with the, the the Craig Field thing that's happened out out west, yeah. um, what were your thoughts on that? I mean, would you was he the type of bloke that that was he a hothead? Was he was he? A type it was of a little bit of a hothead. He, I used to try and um, look after him because being at South, where we lost probably more than what we won, the, the worst thing that ever happened to Fieldsy was after games. If you'd lost his father, who'd been drinking all day watching the game. He'd come up pointing, poking him in the chest, you can't play, and all, and they'd want to get into fisticuffs. So mm. I'd several times jump between them. Right. And that didn't help him much at all, but by the same token, he was old enough to stand on his own two feet. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not privy to what went on up there, but um, he was a terrific player and he was a terrific kid for the club. Right. But, you know, he's obviously got himself into some strife and... Mm. That that time that time uh, that you were coaching uh, ninety four to ninety seven yeah if you could have signed anyone in that time other than Andrew Johns we know is your favourite but if you could have signed anyone else who yeah. who would have made a difference do you think to your team you can give me a couple of names if you like yeah um, probably um, Skiffaliti if I could have kept Skiffaliti that was that hurt mm -hmm. you always got to have a good number nine number nine's important. Mm -hmm. um, I probably would have gone looked at Matty Johns. Matt, Matty was Matty was a smart thinker about what to do on the field, mm -hmm. whereas Andrew would do it. Matty would tell him, and Andrew would just do it. Gotcha. So, 
that they were probably you know if you if you could have set up a team around them with good forwards and good outside backs you know that that, that would have been good just like Newcastle did in Minnesota. yeah that's exactly right let's go let's zoom forward and go to, through to today you're a New South Welshman obviously yep, definitely okay um, I never let a podcast go by without talking about <laughs> New South Wales yeah um, what are your thoughts on um, Mitchell Pearce at number nine? Um, well, the first thing is he's got to get picked in the team first. Mm-hmm. Um, my thoughts, I, w- I wouldn't put him straight in number nine for New South Wales. Right. Maybe do it at East if, if they need to. But, um, no, I think the way it's going at the moment, the, the, the number nine will be either Robbie Farrer or Peter Wallace, I would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is what we talked about on the last show. I agree with Robin that I think if you can find a place for Mitchell Pearce in the team, you do. Because I think he just adds something. I don't think he's any special. That's <laughs> so how he's out of the team. But if you, I would start with Robbie. And then if you're going to add a, a utility on the bench, that's where Rob would like to see Mitchell Pearce in the team. He just yeah. wants to see something different. I'm, I'm just being nice to the East supporters. They hammer me on Twitter. <laughs> just, I don't think he's a... Uh, you don't think he's... An, he's no. Okay, there and, you go. And, and if, Smith, no if the Roosters form doesn't pick up, he probably won't make it. Do, do you, are you watching most rounds these, these times? Yeah. Okay. So if you if you were a New South Wales selector, Kent, yeah, who, who would be your nine? If you if you had to pick a team to play for your life tomorrow, who is your nine for New South Wales? It'd be Robbie Farrer or Peter Wallace. Okay. Either one. Of them. It just depends on injury, but join now and then. Yep. But like I said, Peter Wallace does for Penrith, what Smith does for Melbourne. Yep. Walks around like an old man, mm-hmm. but just like Wally Lewis used to walk around, but boom, he'd explode. Whereas Peter Wallace is a bit like, like I said, he takes his time, puts them in the right areas, gets right. them going the right direction, yep. and you know they're, they're very good at that. I, I imagine, I imagine you'd pick Tedesco at one. Am I correct? Yeah. And your six and seven, who would they be? I'd have Maloney at seven yeah. and Jack Bird at six. Jack Bird. Yeah. You put Moreland on the bench, or you don't have him in the team? Uh, see what his form's like now. He's got to handle what he's been through. Okay. He's got to show us he's back to his best. Yeah. Right. Because if he's got that on his mind, he's going to play him state of origin. Here's here's a here's one. He's uh, a true kid. I, I like him a lot, but yeah, you know, he just he's got to work his way back now. Yeah, yep. he's got a bit on a bit on his mind too. I imagine with contract negotiations and whatnot at the moment. Um, given what you've seen, we're only up to round we're only up to round seven. I'm not going to even touch on the Tigers because it's boring. Um, <laughs> when you when you're talking about paying a front row one point one million dollars, I'm just switching off. I'm not not even going to talk about it um, any more than that. But so. We're up to round seven this week. Who wins the comp this year for you? Hopefully we can talk to you again, by the way, but mm. I, want, I want to know, at this point in time, who's the strongest team? Who will win and why? Melbourne. Melbourne will win. And yeah. do you need to tell us why? or is it? Well, they've got Billy back. Okay. So by the time they get to semi-finals, he'll be, he'll be roaring. Yep. Uh, subject to injury, of course. Yep. And I think the rest of the team, they'll have um, Cameron Munster back soon. And Tony so Harris as well, who I think is... Arguably their best forward. Yeah, well, and I love right. Jesse Bromwich, but their depth's Harris better this year. Yep. So if they play Cronulla again, I think their depth will be better than Cronulla's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, does Billy Slater play fullback for Queensland or wing? Fullback. Okay. So he goes straight back into fullback. Darius yeah. goes to the wing. Yeah. Okay. He's used to it. And to a, and in the Australian team as well. Yeah. Same thing. Right. right. Well, that that's if they pick Billy. The, I mean, I think his form's been okay. He's gradually getting better. Yeah. And you got a test on the fifth of May. It depends if they don't pick him there and leave Darius. Yeah. And the other guys will. Uh, Mansour's not fit now, so they've got to get another winger. Yeah. Okay. So, 
Let's see. There was something. There was something on uh, on one of the footy shows last night about uh, most influential coaches in the, in the comp. Who do you think is the complete coach in in the comp in the NRL competition at the moment? Who Phil Gould. Phil Gould. Yeah. He, he <laughs> apparently he is doing some coaching. This is, this is yeah. He could. He when could, you're a coach, yeah, you he, can't. He'd help be yourself. doing some. Yeah. He, what's his name? Griffin. What's his Anthony first name? Griffin. Anthony Griffin would. You can't tell me he wouldn't know Gus Gould's around the periphery mm. every day they train. I wonder whose call it was to to drop those three players, whether it was Gus or whether it was. No, wasn't. did you see the paper the other day? No, I, I, I try not to read it. Oh, you got to read it. What did it, <laughs> well, who did they say? No one said anything, but but Gus Gould turned his Twitter account off. Yeah, yeah. That tells me that. That Gus had a fair bit to do with it. Gus, no, Gus wasn't happy with it. Right. Okay. I'm sure he didn't want to. Answer if he the was questions. happy with it, he'd have left the. All the Twitter Mind you, questions Gus has come. Quit Twitter about eight times in the last. Yeah, I know year. that. I said that to my daughter. But <laughs> by the same token, if he doesn't want to know anything about what went on, he's going to turn it off so he doesn't say the wrong thing. Mm. But I bet he's had something to say to him behind closed doors. I I don't think you'll find um, Anthony Griffin dropping too many players for small indiscretions like that going into the future. I, I don't think the fans it. will cop it. To tell you the truth, I mean that that they got, they got a tough road. What are they won? Two out of six. One, two from six. Two from six. They got a good team back on paper today. I noticed in the paper that's if they all play. But um, you know, everyone will be wanting to knock them over. And like I said, Matty Moylan's he's got to show them now that he's over that problem. You know, yeah. because they're talking about he doesn't want to be captain. And Griffin says, "Well, I don't want to change the captain." Well, so straight away you got mm-hmm. this crossfire and in the paper. Yeah, you yeah. don't need that. You don't need that. And when you when you play at Penrith, oh, they're tough. Penrith and Campbelltown, that's the two worst places I've ever coached. Right. They right. give it to you big time. I've got one last question. Yes. In your opinion, will Cooper Cronk play again uh, once he finishes with Melbourne this, this year? Will he will he play for a Sydney team given – I know you probably don't know Cooper, but no. um, what, what you're seeing at the moment, um, him retiring, virtually retiring from Melbourne – in um, early April, um, will he? Is is that is, obviously he's giving his team a little bit of yeah. a little bit of. Um, if Fox still give him a lot of money, he probably won't. The one bloke that's never coached all his career, which goes back a long way now, is Sturlo, mm. and would have made a sensational coach. Mm-hmm. But from day one, they offered him five hundred thousand, five hundred. How many years have been? Were getting? you still? Were you around when they offered him? Yeah, I was. You been at I Parramatta, was at Parramatta. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. we he and I used to go to the races together. I often got the impression with Sterling, the reason he didn't want to go, didn't want to coach Parra was, I guess, didn't think the cattle's the cattle was there. That's, that's often my thing. Is that if Sterling had a coach, you don't think the cattle would have come? Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I just, I just, rec- I always had the I think they would have. He was almost. This is but just it, my observation. Was he was almost worried that it wouldn't. No, work but in out. the days when he retired, he can get five hundred thousand working for nine. Whereas the highest paid coach in those days was probably half of that. Mm. So as it goes on, the coach's salary goes up. Look at him now, Bellamy's a million dollars yeah. a year and good luck to him. Mm. Whereas Sturlow's probably been getting a million dollars a year for the last few years, but he's been at Channel 9 over 10 years now. So, you know. Well, he, we, we, we talked about this the other night, didn't we, Was He's not only at Channel 9, he's at Channel 9, he's at Fox, Fox. he's at Triple M, and he's also a New South Wales selector. That's right. Cha-ching. Well, just he and, just he and Laurie. There's only the two of them. That's the best situation you can have. Yeah, yep. he, he's just going to help Laurie, and that's all he's going to. Laurie hasn't doesn't have to look at three selectors and say, "What do you think? What do you?" He's got one bloke to talk to. Yeah, who will give him the best advice. Yeah, yeah. 
there is. Absolutely. It'll work really well. He wouldn't pick the same... I wish I could speak to Sterling now, but he won't pick the same team I would pick. Yep. But he'd pick some, yeah. yeah. But I think Jack Bird's got to be the number six. Wow, they'd be a bombshell for Maloney, Maloney seven, that'd be super. Yep. yep. Beautiful. All right, we'll just, get... Just don't pick Luke Keery. <laughs> for New South Wales, I mean. Well, he's a Queenslander, isn't he? Anyway, after the break... No, I'll didn't you see the paper? I know. I'm paper just, that's what I'm stirring. Uh, we'll uh, wrap up uh, our interview with uh, Ken Shah. Then in the distance I heard the bulls. And I began running as fast as I could. Fortunately, I was wearing my Italian cap to Oxfords. <laughs> Sophisticated yet different without making a huge fuss about it. Rich, dark brown calfskin leather. Matching linen vamp. Men's hole in half sizes, 7 through 13. Price $135. All right, welcome back to the Footy Show, episode 163. There's actually four of us in the room now. I don't know if you hear the laughing in the background, but uh, the man who set this interview up, uh, Brendan Clark. Do you want to do, you want to do a shout-out? Come on, mate. Say shout-out to you, hello. mates. Come on. Um, I just want to shout-out to Island. Uh, All right, that'll do. See you later. Uh, <laughs> That's a happy-looking clown, isn't he? That That's the end of him. Uh, he's set this up uh, with Ken uh, here at East Leagues Club. It's been fantastic talking to you, Ken, for the last hour or so. Pleasure. I've got one last question, and it's, it's a big one, but it might be very easy to answer in 30 seconds. Yeah. Footy's evolution from what you coached to what it is now, how different is it? Um, I think they've tried to make it too much like a game of touch. You look at how many times blokes play the ball and they don't touch the ball with their foot. What do they do in touch? They just roll the ball back? Well, yep. we're, we're getting down the same path there, so I don't think that's good for the game. And the, the referees have got to take control of it. They don't do that, you know. It's too much to just lovey-dovey, you know. Oh, Cameron, what do you think? You know, that sort of thing. You've got to get away from that. Just take control of the game and control it, you know, and run the game. And if someone does the wrong thing, don't be frightened to give them five minutes of the bin or ten minutes. Take each case on its merits. Do you reckon that part of the game in particular the I guess enforcing or use of a sin bin that actually does exist believe it or not everybody in rugby league still do you reckon if they use that a lot more because the, the biggest gripe I have at the moment is that defensive line on the, on the try line just making tackle after tackle giving away a penalty giving away a penalty giving away a penalty giving away a penalty yeah. just so they can reset the line all the time Yeah. if we started sending guys to the bin there do you think that would improve the game definitely just you'll, only have to do it, you'll only have to do it once because they won't do it again yeah it's, it's you do it once and someone scores against you, I don't think they're going to do it again. Well, the reason I bring that up as a, as a point is that's a coaching initiative. Yeah. The best way I can describe it. One mm. of the coaches has worked out the best way for my team. I, I think but that's I, something that you see with coaches. We saw the wrestling come in with, with Melbourne. Uh, see, it's easy, it's easy to blame the coaches. Yeah. But the players aren't stupid and they watch every game and they, they know how to play the game. So if, if I'm the coach and I say to my player... When you get here, don't do that. You know, it's gonna because they score anyway. I can never understand. Yep. It's the same with teams in and the, when they're defending on their line, they they turn around and slide. So it's not not going to stop anything if you're sliding on your line. The lines you see, you're going to score. Yep. So get it, turn around, get up in their face and knock them out. They're going to score anyway. Well, it's funny because that's why I'm sort of asking around this is that obviously. Some coaches have implemented different things over time. Sure. When you were coaching back in the 90s, yeah. that period, did any coach that you noticed try and bring something into the game that stuck around? And I mean, whether it's a negative tactic or a positive tactic, was there Well, I think, that- I think the thing that 
everyone works on year after year after year is to play the ball. And that's what I'm saying. You know, they're getting now to the stage where they're just rolling it back. They're not even putting the... And the referees don't worry about it. They just let it go. So I think that, that that's the crux. That's where the game starts and finishes. Do, yeah. do you think that rolling the ball, though, is a knock-on effect from... They're, they're allowing football. well. They're allowing the pl- they're, they're allowing the ball uh, the player of the ball to play it fast because they've just been laid on for the previous five seconds. Yeah, but that's the referee's job. Yeah. So what Get you're saying off. is they should be stopping the the wrestle. Yeah. And and then make the player play it with his foot, and then we're all back to square one. Yeah. At the moment, but I think they're allowing the player to attempt to to play the ball with his foot as long mm. as they make a fair attempt. Apparently, um, they're allowing them to go on with it. But yeah, which is wrong. It's it's. You, the real state, you've got to play the ball with your foot. Mm-hmm. So yep. make them do it. Yep. Make them do it. I don't think the wrestles as bad this year as it's been. I think it, yeah, I think it's been worse. Yeah, definitely been worse. Year. But the, the, the thing, I've seen a few penalties, but if three blokes are in a tackle, you don't want a fourth bloke. If a fourth bloke comes in, whether he flops or not, penalise him. Yeah. It's all you, and like I said, all these, if you just penalise them once, mm. they won't keep doing it. Once the momentum stopped, I think, of a, of a player, he can't get a ball away, his momentum stopped... And then you get that that third or fourth player coming in and either driving his legs or flopping mm. on top. You don't want four. Yeah. I, I can live with three in mm. the tackle. That's mm. no problem. But you don't want a fourth bloke coming in. Mm. What for? Mm. What's the point? You yeah. Know? yeah. It, does, it just saves time. Or well, that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, they're trying to take time up yeah, so they get their, exactly. their players back. Exactly right. Yeah, I, I get it, yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you totally. I, but I, you're not going to stop both. The first tackler's got to go high. I mean, to wrap the ball. Well, up. in some places, you know, I mean, other places, like the day Jared Hayne tackled a bloke on the line when he came back. Remember his first game back? Mm. That was a super tackle. Yeah. Somebody did one just recently. I remember seeing it as well. Yeah. Now, if blokes can learn to do that, well, good. Yeah. yeah. Let them do it. You don't need others to come in. Yeah. But it's only when they're started the game and they're fresh. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's when they're like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Out of that uh, question, I guess my my final uh, wonder is. Do you prefer watching the football now or the football you coached? Oh, it doesn't matter, mate. I just love it. I watch it. <laughs> I watch it all day. What long. was the better quality of football? Oh, I think it's just the, the quality of football was good no matter what area you take. But the speed of the game, the, the things we're talking about now, which yep. make the game speed up, that's what we've got to try and dull it down a little bit because, you know, like, like I said, you watch Cameron Smith walk around the field, he's like an old man, but he's always at dummy half. And he's always putting the ball in the right spot or going in the right direction. That would be with consultation with Cooper or yep. Billy as well. Yep. But, you know, don't forget, um, what's the front rower's name? Bromwich. Yeah. Jesse Bromwich would have a lot of saying. He's a, he's a great player. Fantastic footy player. Super player. And his brother's come along better this year too. Yeah, he's improved. You know, Kenny. so he's improved as well. Yep. So, you know, Cooper's had other things on his mind recently. I think he had a... <laughs> He had a bit of a hiccup the other day, but but he'll be back. He, he'll be fine, you know. So, do, do you do you like the tough stuff, Ken? Do you like to watch the blokes? Yeah, they got they got they got to tackle hard. Yeah. yeah, I used to say, you know, from the from the shoulders from the neck down. Yeah, everything goes. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you like watching a bit of? Do you like watching a bit of scuffle, like like yeah, Gal and you've got to be aggressive. Yeah. It's an aggressive game. Yeah, you can't play you can't play soft. I think and there are powers at B down at Moore Park that, that would like to never see that again and, and I oh. think that's one of the big attractions with the game of course it is course you don't need does. blokes punching each other till they're bleeding but Maloney didn't care at the weekend he went in high yeah. on, he, and then he was saying oh, he'd hit he, he 
Off the ball. He bounced off his neck. Nice. Well, he's dropped another swear word, kids. So we have to wrap this up now. No, it's been. What word was it? Was I'm not saying it. It's very minor. I'm just wrapping things up here. Thanks for joining us, Ken. It's been a pleasure. I get the feeling we could talk for another two hours quite easily. What's what's good downstairs, BC, at the the bistro? The lamb ragu. That's apparently been put on the menu. What about the sweet and sour pork? None. It's not helping. <laughs> I don't know if that got picked up or not. Uh, so thanks very much to Ken. It's thanks, been a Ken. pleasure. Ken's been uh, my favourite guest so far, by the way. I know. It's beats me after every other single week. Absolutely. Uh, thanks, Rob, for once again running the panel today, kids. I don't know. If, they've got some photos, I think. Uh, BC's been taking some photos of the, mm. the, the mix master, DJ Robbie them. Cox. Uh, just doing his waka waka wow. <laughs> doing his best I've been Warren Nicholson BC's been in the background laughing his head off and uh, we'll talk to you next time on Not The Footy Show follow us on Facebook facebook.com slash podcast. I'm at NRL Tweet Rob's at R-O-B-B-C-O-X Instagram and Twitter Ken, Ken, are, you, Ken. are you on the social are you, are you, are you, nah, are nah, you touching mate. my daughters will pick fans. it up though. my daughters will pick so it who up are you, who are your daughters you've got to give a shout out you'd get in trouble if you didn't yeah Kennedy, Abby and Scarlett three daughters three daughters are they so married basically, yet? Nine, 19, 16, 14 oh you're going to be poor in the future, mate. Yeah. <laughs> the middle one, or the, the the two oldest ones love the footy. The young one, okay. not so much because she wasn't born then. Yep. But um, the two older ones, the middle one in particular, is, oh, don't say a word against house with her. She, she'll <laughs> so what you, come at you big Basically time. what you're saying is we've picked up three new listeners. <laughs> As a result, they long. can't wait. Fantastic. Three more reviews. All right, yeah. thanks everybody uh, for joining us and we'll speak to you next time on Not The Footy Show. Not The Footy Show. Show. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure you'll agree with me when I say what a fitting finale to what has been an outstanding Two East Challenge Championship to begin 1994. Absolutely brilliant for South Sydney team and the champion Broncos team so gallant in defeat. And August Wealth to what is going to be an outstanding 1994 rugby league season. And it's great to see so many people turn up here in Albury. But to the winners go the spoils. And it gives me great pleasure to award to his draft man of the match to the outstanding number seven for the South Sydney team, Craig Field. Craig, put the twoies down. You can buy plenty with this prize money. Your congratulations. Say a few words. Um, first of all, I'd like to congratulate the side I play for South Sydney on a great effort, you know. All young blokes battling to stay in first grade every game, you know, and playing against the blokes over here. I mean, there's no better side in the world, you know, going around the present time. Um, it's an honour to play against the players that are there, and uh, to win is just a, it's a dream come true. Um, to our coaching staff, I'd like to thank them very much for the efforts they've done this year. Um, they've done a great job with the club, and uh, there's more to come for the boys. Thanks very much. Jim, I'll just keep you up here for a moment. It's been a long time coming for South Sydney, something like 13 years since they've last won a final. But they've done it in style tonight and they've been led remarkably well by a player I think is going to prove one of the buys of the season. Could you please welcome the whole South Sydney side up, led by Dean Skifalitti.
Yeah, some magic moments there. With the boys from Redfern, South Sydney defeating Brisbane in the Tui's Challenge. 27-26. Don't forget the Test Cricket comes to you immediately following Nightline. But on behalf of Peter and Paul and the entire crew, Blocker and Gary, we say goodnight from Albury. And of course our next assignment on Rugby League is the start of the 1994 Winfield Cup. Good night, everyone. Pepsi.